Welcome back to Not Alone, a podcast about faith and well-being. We're so glad you're listening. This week, we're starting the first half of a two-part conversation surrounding a topic we hear often in the church, forgiveness. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, as the Lord's Prayer goes. Don't you wish it came that naturally? In this episode, we'll explore the actual meaning of forgiveness, what it means to forgive others and ourselves, and how forgiveness relates to our spiritual lives as well as our interpersonal connections. Here to unpack all of that are Lindsay Geist, Michael McCord, and Evan DeYoung. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another wonderful episode of the Not Alone Podcast, where Lindsay makes a face at me no matter what I do for the podcast intro. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm Evan DeYoung. I'm here with Lindsay Geist and Michael McCord. You know what to do. Say hi to the peoples. Hey, everybody. Good day, everyone, or evening, (laughs) or night, whenever it is you listen to us. Oh, we're off to a good start already. Coming to you from Michael's study here. Good day, everyone. Good day. Hold on, let me put down my tome of knowledge. That's what I call my books. Oh, now that I have just, my doctorate. You just found me studying the Bible here. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. I was working on my personal commentary on Romans. Deep in Leviticus. Oh, y'all. So anyways, I was writing my book on Methodist polity the other day. <laughs> that's him. That's him. Well, Liter- literally, see- though, we, we were we were at a treat recently, Lindsay, and a friend of mine were talking about Methodist polity. And oh, that's that's, you know, a real engaging Evan, conversation. Evan fell asleep on the couch behind us. And it was it was middle of the day. <laughs> it was that boring that you were out cold, Evan. I glazed over big time. It was we just by glazed over. I mean, he was he was all the way back. He was he was completely out. It was great. I threw my hood up for have a little shade on the sides, and then oh my goodness. that was that was it. That was all well, she wrote. Let's hope that this conversation today uh, does not do the same to you, Evan. If I go silent for a while. They're either talking above my pay grade or <laughs> or you fall asleep. Fallen asleep. <laughs> which is perfect. And you'll have to forgive me because this week he... we we're talking about forgiveness. That was your segue. I don't actually have to forgive you. Do you? That's a good question. I think that's I think that's just it. There's a lot of questions that swirl around forgiveness. I think there's Background has a lot to do with how we feel about forgiveness. Some of us were raised in a faith community, some of us not, or some of us were raised not in a faith community, but the ideas of forgiveness are influenced by religion and ethics and relationship building over the years. However, it's kind of all over the place. So forgiveness, important, not important? Does it matter? just gonna go with not important (laughs) (laughs) i love how you asked all those questions like and discuss okay i will now write an essay i'll I'll be asleep in the corner (laughs) and you're off all right Lindsay, you're the therapist here tell us well this conversation is one that's near and dear to my heart um when i worked uh at the homeless shelter uh we we had um groups that met um 
and kind of educational and dialogue groups. And we spent uh, weeks on end talking about forgiveness because it is an absolute universal conversation. It's something that we all wrestle with, whether uh, it's forgiving other people or uh, wrestling with forgiving ourselves. Um, and so I think that this topic is incredibly important for us to discuss also because the church language has really um, uh, made this conversation a bit sticky. Uh, scripture talks a lot about forgiveness um, and it doesn't really tell you how to do it. It just says, forgive, mm. period. Um, and so I think that part of the messiness in this topic is that we feel either obligated or like we're supposed to be able to forgive. Um, but it's not as easy as that. And we don't know how to. I think for a lot of us, when we talk about the word forgiveness, we talk about it like it's a light switch moment. Uh, like you either turn it on and you forgive or it's off and you're not forgiving. Uh, that it's pretty simple of one or the other dichotomous option. But I really think that forgiveness is a process and something that happens over a long period of time. I wonder if forgiveness is sort of closely akin to grief. Hmm. I mean, in both cases, there has been some form of hurt. Yes. Some form of loss of identity, of experience. And in grief, we openly talk about, you know, these steps of grief and that it's a process and it doesn't, it just doesn't happen overnight. You don't just get over losing a loved one or losing, a, you know, momentous part of life. It's like so many of us still grieve the pandemic and it's not like you could just like, oh, oh, we're over, pandemic's over, everything's fine, we're better now. There's so much that's lost there. I wonder if we ought to give forgiveness the same kind of weight that we give grief, that it's a process. Well, to be able to forgive, we have to uh, address the pain and the suffering. There's no way to forgive without sitting in that. You ever think about how much we have to sit in? I, I mean, I tell y'all all the time to sit in a lot of stuff. I remember back in seminary where in every class, one professor was always saying, like, let's unpack that. And I finally was like, when are we going to get to pack everything back up? <laughs> and so maybe uh, y'all feel listening to me for the amount of times I tell y'all to sit in things. You're like, when can I stand up and be done? With sitting. No, it's just a lot a lot of unpacking, a lot of yeah, sitting in, last a lot Justin of marinating. Little, you know, get get Justin to do a little compilation of all the places we need Every to sit. Every time I tell people to sit in it. Uh, oh nothing. I don't think that I don't think that I want to hear some of those phrases that I say all the time. Y'all repeat them back to me enough already. It is right. it is the worst part about subjecting yourself to a podcast is going back and listening to yourself and all of your words that you use over and over again. Mm-hmm. Oh, it I really preached one you... sermon and my sister counted the number of times that I said a couple of my keywords. Oh, no. I thought, oh, my goodness. You know, what's really oh. interesting is when 
you know that you use a word so much that people that you work with or you're close with will start picking it up for certain scenarios because it mm -hmm. fits really well. And it goes for other things too. You know, my I had a friend who would say, what's up, my guys? <laughs> <laughs> and the first time I heard him say it, I was like, oh, man, like oh, that sounds so weird. But there's been enough things that once he starts saying it, our whole friend group starts saying it in like three or four weeks because he just keeps saying it that I just knew I should just adopt it. Whatever he says that everybody's going to be saying it here in a few weeks. So you just got to jump in on it. Well, I hope that y'all tell a lot of people to sit in things, sit in their feelings, uh, sit and address it. Told my kids um, that this morning. You just got to sit in. I know you want Eggo waffles this morning, but you're just going to have to sit in that loss. Experience the fact that you're not. You guys them. ran out of Eggos? I made homemade pancakes for them and they weren't happy. What? <sighs> okay. Anywho. Oh, that's a weird phrase, too. That's, that's <laughs> let's, just get, let's just get back. <laughs> Talk about forgetting. Okay. All right. All right. So, so th this little sidebar here actually made me think of, right. Okay. When we think about forgiveness, a lot of times we think about the big things. Someone's done something really wrong to me. Someone um, stole something from me. Uh, something, uh, someone hurt me physically. Someone, uh, you know, betrayed me in a way that was really, really painful. We think of forgiveness in that, but I also think, because when you look at scripture, it's almost equally divided, equally balanced between forgiving oneself and forgiving others. And that, mm. in fact, they, they almost, they are, they go together. Like it, it, Jesus uh, teaches this prayer to us, often referred to as the Lord's prayer. And it says, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. So it's, there's this hand in hand, uh, love our neighbor as we love ourselves. These just this togetherness about forgiving oneself and forgiving others. Okay. And hold on, let me just 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 to connect this. <laughs> I think there's lots of micro forgivenesses that we fail to observe in our lives, like these these sort of like what we talk about microaggressions when we have these small underlying angers towards other people or towards a type of person, and that comes out mm -hmm. manifests itself. I think what we just pointed at was an example of these microaggressions that sometimes we have about ourselves that we never mm -hmm. have a platform to really talk about and much less offer ourselves forgiveness. And what we know about microaggressions is they can build up into major aggressions when they're unresolved, when they're not talked about, they're not dealt with. And, and so I wonder the same thing, you know, these, 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 these little funny nitpicky things we have about ourselves that we never have a platform to talk about. Do they, do they build up into these, these major, you know, things in our lives that we think about ourselves that, that we don't have a platform to talk about and much less forgive ourselves for? I mean, I think about, uh, kind of a, a, a metaphor for it all that, uh, if we don't address something in our bodies, that's going wrong and, uh, we don't go to the doctor, it just, it's probably going to escalate and grow and grow and grow. Um, until it is something way more severe. And that's probably true about addressing pain and hurt and um, not uh, and, and ignoring it rather than working through forgiveness of self or others, that it's just going to keep being this uh, 
kind of abscess that's going to keep growing and getting infected and being gross and terrible until somebody else has to take care of it. You think that part of the Lord's Prayer was talking about forgiving yourself? Forgive yes. us our trespasses as we forgive those it who is, trespass it's, against it's us? It's simultaneously. It's simultaneously mm-hmm. God forgive us and also God help us forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. And as think- we forgive the, because it's as we forgive. It's not as, as you forgive. Oh. Huh. Okay. Yeah, to, uh, uh, say that again. I need to make for, an order of operations chart. <laughs> <laughs> and forgive us our sins or debts or trespasses as we also have forgiven our sins, our, our those who have sinned against us, those who have trespassed against us. So I have always, in my mind, unconsciously until this moment... <laughs> thought that was more we wronged god hmm. as if god was like an, another person that we have sinned against i don't so know think what that about says the about arc me. <laughs> of the prayer itself our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name holy is your name your kingdom Come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today daily bread, nourishment, so that we may forgive us our sins as we also forgive the sins of those who have hurt us. And when, and we're roped into which part of that? Sins have hurt us. When I, forgive me we're, for when I hurt Forgive myself. us our sins as well as those who have sinned against us, those who have hurt us, right? So we're going to, it's simultaneously... And I, I mean, I think at the same time, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So there's this, 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 you know, this idea that kingdom on earth is possible, that God's God's way in the world is possible, if simply, and this is this this is, you know, a lot of times when we talk about forgiveness in scriptural language, it's around love. The really the word is mm-hmm. is around love others as you love yourself, and so this love is a rectifying love a love that refines and makes whole again and so to love to truly love ourselves is to love our neighbor and to truly love our neighbor is to love ourselves so there's this like this 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 partnership between forgiving ourselves and forgiving those who have hurt us and this prayer is is calling upon us to get the nourishment to help be those people who bring god's way of understanding to earth i also think asking for forgiveness is our uh version of confession of i have i have done this wrong thing god forgive me others please forgive me uh because i confess that i messed up and hurt other people that's right Mm. yeah What do you think the, what are some of the, the, 
primary difference, the key markers between what it takes to forgive someone else and what it takes to forgive yourself? Are they, is it just the same? You just apply it to yourself and it's dependent on your personality and history and just need to figure it out? Or are there some key things that stick out? It's like, listen, if you're going to forgive yourself, it's different because. So when I used to teach this class on forgiveness, I would take a poll at the beginning of uh, the course, the four weeks, um, and ask if it was if if the people in the class had a harder time forgiving themselves or forgiving somebody else. And uh, it changed every time I taught it uh, because we're all really different human beings. Some of us were better at forgiving ourselves and uh, saying, admitting that we made mistakes and we weren't perfect and we did hurtful things to ourselves and others. Some people uh, were better at forgiving other people and saying they that wasn't intentional. Um, they hurt me, all of this, uh, but were so stuck in uh, their own bodies of I should have known better. Um, and so I think it can be really challenging depending on how your thought pattern works. For people that are caught in a lot of negative thought patterns about themselves, uh, forgiving yourself can be really challenging because uh, you always beat yourself up over and over. Um, I think that if you are somebody that holds more grudges, um, then it can be harder to forgive other people. I don't necessarily feel like the process is super different. Um, I think that forgiving yourself, you have to live with yourself every day all day long. So it just kind of hits you in the face more often than the pain of somebody else. I, I think that most of the people I've encountered in my ministries over the years have had a more challenging approach to forgiving themselves than forgiving others. But I also, I wonder, I, I, I thought about this this week. I, I, I kind of enjoy listening to podcasts about crime. Um, <laughs> I can, Don't we all? Yeah, you know, when you're in the car for hours uh, mm -hmm. driving, this is the perfect way to kind of keep your mind captivated. But anyway, I was listening to this one and it, and it, and it, and it interviewed this family of someone who was murdered and they, you know, immediately their first response was, I forgive you um, because that's what, my, yeah. that's what the Bible says. It's what my God teaches me is that I forgive you. And I, and I pause to think like both that's admirable. I don't know that I could even say those words if mm -hmm. my child was murdered by somebody, but I also said, is that real? Is that, is, is forgiveness really that quick? And so I wondered, I really wondered if, if part of that is that's the first step is like to say it out loud and then realizing that beneath that it's like many, many, many more steps of what real forgiveness mm -hmm. looks like. I think that that goes back to, uh, we talk about forgiveness like it is a light switch moment. Like it is, we just say a phrase and everything's fine. Um, and I think that forgiveness is more complicated than that. I do think that one of the key steps is naming it um, and saying it 
out loud. Um, and forgiveness is also a process in the fact that I think that we, uh, from my perception of how forgiveness kind of works, is that it's not like you wake up one day and all of a sudden you have forgiven yourself for everybody else. Um, I think each day, the thought of that pain uh, does not become quite as prominent and pressing in your life. And as you go a day without thinking about it, or a couple days, or a whole week, that's when you know that the process of forgiveness uh, may be happening, when it's no longer, uh, the pain isn't captivating your thought every single moment. The problem is, I think that we believe that we've forgiven ourselves or other people, and then something happens in life, and that hurt pops back up. And our first thought is, oh, goodness gracious, of course, I, I didn't forgive my, I didn't, you know, that forgiveness didn't happen. Well, that's not true. The forgiveness may have happened, but we act like forgiveness is like the um, men in black, kind of like mind eraser where, oh, uh, you know, you flash the my light and all gosh. of a sudden um, it's I like that. I would int- never have put that on my vision board for the podcast today that <laughs> Lindsay would reference <laughs> men in black. This is the greatest so, moment of my life. Younger <laughs> listeners, you need to Google men in black. <laughs> what was that thing called? I mean, besides like the basic mind eraser thing. And so uh, we talk about forgiveness like it is that uh, like it is that tool where you flash a light. All of a sudden, that section of your life is gone. You're fine. Like you're healed. Uh, you'll never bring it up again. And everything's great. I don't know about y'all, but I cannot erase chunks of my life. Uh, and act like they never happened. Um, I can deal with the pain and address how I felt hurt or how I've, you know, hurt myself and the choices I've made, but I cannot totally erase it. Hmm. And I think in in the church, we talk about um, in unhealthy settings in the church, we, it feels like when we talk about forgiveness we talk about it like the mind eraser stuff where it's like you get over it you move Forgive on and forget yes and i don't i cannot forget anything that well i mean i forget well, I plenty forget of things in my life things. but <laughs> but i mean it's not like hurt and pain is something that we just erase and forget and then we move on yeah so alongside that person's like oh i this my jesus taught me i gotta forgive so i've forgiven them and, and I questioning that on the other side, I heard a, another at a different, a different storyline. I heard someone, I'm, I'm never going to forgive you. I, I don't have to, and I'm not going to. And, and I, I thought I had the equally the same kind of internal, like, okay, is that how true is that statement that I don't have to, and I'm not going to, and what does that do to you if you don't, because we know forgiveness is, equal parts and sometimes maybe more than equal parts you're about yourself in your own restoration as it is helping someone else uh, be restored but I, I i wonder too if their framework of forgiveness was somehow also forgetting the harm or dismissing the harm that was created because that i, I don't think that's what forgiveness is in my own 
my own understanding and my own personal framework around forgiveness is that it's not that, you know, if, if Evan really harmed me in some, you know, profound way, it, which is likely if we're honest, it's just, it's just mean. I try to, I try to at least once a day. That's right. Harm you. (laughs) You know, I, my forgiveness of him is to release that pain in some form to, to allow the process of releasing that pain from my life, but it's not about forgetting and going like, Oh yeah. Oh, I'm back with Evan. Oh, Evan's hurt me again. Um, It's, it's, that's not the same thing as forgiveness. And I, I wondered if that person somehow had that framework where, where forgiveness is letting go of everything that person's ever done and not, not calling it bad, not calling it terrible, not recognizing the hurt that's been caused. Um, so it's just interesting because we do have those sort of dualistic framings of forgiveness. One is just tells us we should forgive and forget right away. The other one says, well, if that's what forgiveness is, then I don't want to have anything to do with it. It's So this topic of forgiveness is one that faith communities have been talking about for generations and generations. Um, and I mean, not just... Uh, Christians, everybody's been talking about it. And so it's, it's fascinating to uh, read about people that have wrestled with this. Um, one of my favorite books that I read years ago uh, was by Desmond Tutu and his daughter called The Book of Forgiving. Um, and they wrote it together about wrestling with their own uh, forgiveness. And um, there's so many quotes from the book that I have kept over the years and referenced along the way. And one of them that sticks with me is them talking about uh, this. Well, let me back up. They have a fourfold path to forgiveness that they write about. And the first step is telling the story. So uh, it it is about um, uh, kind of explaining the whole situation. Uh, they describe it, they say, telling the story is how we get our dignity back after we have been harmed. It is how we begin to take back what has been taken from us and how we begin to understand and make meaning out of our hurting. And I love that it's uh, telling the story is the first step in meaning making. Um, and then the next step is naming the hurt, figuring out, uh, what actually is the, the root of that pain and hurt. Um, I think that, uh, this is where, uh, if we're going to talk about all the cliches that I say all the time and everything, uh, go back to your feelings wheel and, name what's really hurt right there. Um, the next step in their full four, four fold path that is challenging to say is granting forgiveness. Um, and then the fourth step is renewing and releasing the relationship, um, renewing or releasing like when, when forgiveness, when somebody has hurt you, uh, we don't have a mind eraser, uh, but we also, um, 
for me, the church, some churches have talked about it over the years. Like if you forgive them, everything needs to go back to the way it used to be. Um, and so if a family member hurts you, uh, you forgive them and then you go back into the same relationship you were in before, um, and act like it never happened. And again, none of that is, uh, is forgiveness. Like we can choose whether we want to restore that relationship and make it healthier again, um, or we want to release it. We can forgive somebody and let it go at the same time. And so that fourfold path has stuck with me. And this book has stuck with me for years about how much they have wrestled, uh, with the idea of forgiveness and, um, their own uh forgiveness of all of their pain why did they write it together um i'm trying to remember exactly um about uh the specific situation um there is an instance where there was uh somebody i cannot remember so do not quote me on this. If it was a family member or close friend that was murdered and they were dealing with the forgiveness of that. Um, oh, well, Michael's, Michael's on the research train right now. I can tell you right now. He's got his research face on. I, I feel badly that the personal story is not the one that stuck with me as much as I have taught the fourfold path and how to process through it probably because that feels a little more universal um, and you practice it and you i remember pra- things that you practice i mean mm-hmm. it's like um i found out that michael listens to almost everything on two times speed in his car so even fiction books like where people are narrating he just wants to know what happens so oh I, i'm i'm at one and a quarter speed even, i used okay. to be one and a half but uh yeah I'm Even sure a everybody... story? Mm, sometimes, because a lot of times when people read it, they read it extra slowly. Like That's I know listening, point. listening, listening back to myself, um, I don't talk this slowly in real life, um, except in my counseling sessions and probably on this podcast. And, like... uh, and so I can't listen to myself on regular speed on our podcast episodes. Like nobody <laughs> talks like that in real life, but I think through my words so slowly on here oh that you want to enunciate oh anyway that has nothing to do with where we were michael have you gone down the deep research i have so it really it sort of centers on apartheid and post-apartheid south africa and the murder of the family's housekeeper okay and so that's what i was curious about because one of the things that I think is really important to think about, especially when we're dealing with like right now. I mean, you, 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 pretty much any time in history, you have you have you have you have Russia, you have the, the East and the West, you have uh, Israel and Palestine. What we end up when when we when we fail as as people to grant forgiveness in our lives, we end up with generational pain. Mm-hmm. that extends across generations even those who didn't experience the original pain and it becomes its own carrying um kind of energy 
and shapes world history. And so I think that's what I was interested in when, when you first told me about this book was, you know, to, to, be, to be an adult during post-apartheid South Africa, going through that experience as an adult and as a child and thinking about how easy it would be to pass on generational hate to your child, but how much more difficult and challenging would it be but also how much more rich it would be to pass down generational forgiveness. Hmm. And I think because that goes in like big things, right? So racism in America, uh, post-apartheid, South Africa, Israel, Palestine, um, Russia against the, the European Union and America. Like there's, there's all these like China and America, like there's all these big things. But I also think there's a lot of smaller things that have the same kind of reverberating experience in people's lives where we as adults pass down to our children storylines of unforgiveness mm-hmm. that that then permeates their life i mean you're and talking because about generational we yeah generational stuff i have a hard time forgiving somebody when they don't drive or try and park the way that they want in the public's parking lot at the grocery store like i mean i like i i apply like markers and labels to people based on the way that they drive <laughs> i don't even know how i would approach generational i try to deal with my heart in the micro well it so i think i i know i don't know if i've told this this story i think i have told this story on this podcast if you've heard it forgive me but i think it's a good example just a quick concrete example if if you've heard it forgive me really that's how you're going to start this <laughs> whole you, story can you tell it on you don't have speed? to forgive me but I'm asking you, you have a choice. Every person me, listening has yeah. a choice. You know, it's just, just quickly. I, th- I almost certain one of the early episodes we talked about this. I was pantsed in middle school, right? Uh, playing dodgeball. Okay. And mm-hmm. you remember uh, the story, right? Lindsay pantsing like, yes. for those who P- don't know is where a pantsing for those who don't know and are blessed to not know. is <laughs> when someone pulls her pants down in front of everybody. And in this case, I was in middle school in the gym playing dodgeball. I had the ball, I had an arch enemy and he came up behind me and uh, enhanced me, both my shorts and my underwear. So I was naked from the waist oh, down. Front of like everything. Everything uh, in the middle of the middle school gym in co-ed gym. <clears throat> and- <clears throat> That's traumatic. It was traumatic. I still, re- I vividly remember it. So I've told this story to my kids it's one of their favorite stories. They love my stories of growing up. That's just their, their favorite thing to listen to before they go to bed. I tell it to them really from the vantage point of at some point, they're going to get pantsed in their own way. And I want them mm. to know they're not going to be pantsed alone, that I was there, that I survived it. <laughs> but, <laughs> Please put that on a wall hanging. No, you're that's not going to be pantsed that's alone. That's the name of this podcast. <laughs> You know, pantsed alone. I, you're not gonna be Conversations. Alone. The story of forgiveness. <laughs> Gym class trauma. So I in my mind, I'm telling them the story so they can withstand whatever trauma happens to mm-hmm. them when they get to middle school, which is next year for my eldest. Um, but what I realized at one point was that it was much more than that. We were on a on a cruise in the middle of the Bahamas in the Caribbean somewhere. And Standing in front of me, I looked up and standing in front of me was that guy. What? Yeah. 
Yeah, that guy was standing. Your your arch enemy that pantsed you in elementary school, middle Middle school, school. middle school. That's Um, more traumatic in middle school. Yes, Uh, (laughs) lots of things are happening at that moment too. Yeah, and uh, he was on the cruise with you. Yes, we are in the middle of the Caribbean. I don't know that this this was a few years ago. So. 30 years after the incident. I don't know. And I've been oh, telling my goodness. kids this story for years. It's their favorite. And we're standing there and I look up and I see him and I elbow my daughter, Ellie. And I'm like, Ellie, that's the guy that pantsed me. And she flew into rage. She like, she I, so she's like, for you. She, she, she's like, let me at him. Let me at him. I had to pull her back, <laughs> physically restrain her. She was going to go fight this dude for me. And this little eight-year-old Ellie was going to fight this grown man who pulled my pants down when I was in middle school. And that's where I realized generational, the lack of forgiveness and generational hatred and generational um, mm. hurt lives in all of us. And we, we pass it on even without knowing. I didn't realize that in telling that story to them, that I gave them hatred wow. for this person, for what they did to their dad. And then when they were confronted with that person, it flew into a rage because they were, they were genuine. She was genuinely upset. Now, how cool though, that we end up connecting and having this conversation on the cruise ship. And we saw each other several times and we talked about, you know, forgiveness. It, it created a space for us to talk about all that. And then did you I talk up, about the incident together? Not, I, I did. I have not <laughs> said anything to him about it because my guess is he doesn't remember quite as vividly as I do. Uh, yeah. That's the most not, common question I get. Has, has, have you confronted him about what he did? And I realized I don't need to confront him to let that go. What mm-hmm. I did need to do though, was to tell the story. Mm-hmm. And then I needed to name needed the hurt to, to name what was hurt, my pride, my ego, so many things. Um, and then I needed to grant forgiveness for him. And then I just needed to let go of it. Right? I mean, it's you, just a perfect you example. the fourfold path. I did without even knowing it. Uh-huh. And so I, I say that to say that I think that this is really more prevalent probably in our lives than we, than we realize this carrying Mm -hmm. on and holding on to hurt in ways that are passed down to generations and affect how our children see the world and our children's children see the world. Um, And so I would argue to that person who said, I'm never going to forgive you and that's not my job and I'm not going to do it, that that I understand where that hurt comes from, but I also know that that hurt will be conveyed onto people many generations ahead. And forgiveness Mm -hmm. is about breaking the cycle of hurt. Did you just say forgiveness is about breaking the cycle of hurt? I did. I'm, I like just started taking notes as you were talking, Michael, and there's things that I'm just going to sit with for a while about your story. I'm sitting again. At some point I'll stand up, I promise y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, I, it, you gotta stand up. You're supposed to stand up every hour. You can't just uh, sit in things emotionally all the time. Oh my goodness. But your story is just so powerful about how 
even how we talk about hurt uh, gets passed on to other people and how when we love people, uh, they want to they want to climb into the hurt with us. And, uh, and then while that's both a beautiful offering, it is, it can be extra challenging when they have so generously climbed into the hurt, the trench of hurt with us. And we may have done the work and climbed out, but it's like, we sometimes forgot to tell the other people Mm. you too can climb out with us. Um, I think about your story. I think about so many uh, times, I don't know if this has ever happened in your family, but like you have a close friend or uh, your spouse or somebody you've been dating for a while or all sorts of things. And they do something that hurts you and you tell a different family member about it as you're trying to process it. And then uh, it, you only have to do that once in your life to learn your lesson. <laughs> to never do it again. <laughs> um, because you're, the other people love you so fiercely that they have climbed into the trench with you. And uh, then you may have worked out whatever it was and forgiven that person and moved forward. Uh, but the rest of your family wants to protect you and love you so fiercely that they're still hanging out in the trench. Uh trying to uh kind of fight for your honor i've heard that's called mama bearing (laughs) i think it could be papa bearing too i think it could be anybody absolutely because i will tell you uh i just i'm I'm sitting here thinking about this my daughter has told me stories about these boys who mess with her at school and uh i'm mad at them (laughs) They're they're eleven year old boys and they're like, let me out of. I have that same like, you know, that same instinct to try to pr- protect, uh, protect her. And I think, I mean, I'm gonna go back. I, I really coined that phrase in the mid, like, just in the middle of a sentence. That this idea that forgiveness really is about breaking the cycle of hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's ultimately. I mean, I think about any traumatic pain that we've gone through was born out of hurt someone someone who who murders someone else didn't just get to murder by accident it came out of a a storyline a family system a a community experience that created a a situation where that person it was enabled was enabled to to commit murder it's a it's Mm -hmm. a story a cycle of hurt and the victim family has has two choices i think at least maybe more is do we carry on that hurt? Do we let that hurt continue? Or do we break the cycle of that hurt? Because it will continue and it will, it will be progressive and it will, it will hit all parts of um, your family story and your community. So I see that living out in so many ways. And not that in the generations, it's not about erasing the hurt. It's about the hurt no longer defining you. Yes. And that's what I love about this fourfold approach. The first Mm -hmm. part is to remember it and to tell it Mm -hmm. and to name it. We're not dismissing it. We're not, we're not pretending like it didn't exist or that the hurt isn't real. We're just 
but, but we're reclaiming the power that, mm -hmm. that ha has been taken away from us. Sounds like a great place to push pause on this one and pick it up in part two. So if you are unsure how to forgive or what to do, great news, you get to wait a couple weeks. Or if <laughs> you've listened to this after the fact, you could jump right into part two now. I do want to correct real quick, since we talked about mama bear, papa bear analogy, uh, it's not gendered in human terms. Uh, it's gendered in bear terms because bear fathers are considered some of the worst fathers in the animal kingdom. They rarely do anything to help raise the cubs, and oftentimes they even eat the cubs if food is scarce. Uh, they're rated as one of the worst animal fathers. So when we say it's like a mama bear, it's because papa bear ain't around. <laughs> so don't apply human principles and do not pop a bear uh, any of your family or friends. It's critical that you only mama bear because they are pretty absent. So just a heads I, up. I am so glad that this podcast is so incredibly just, informative. Um, and see Hannah. now, <laughs> I, one of my students gave me a, a shirt when I was a Wesley director, when I was working with college students on campus that we were we worked I worked at Mercer which are the bears and I got a shirt that says Papa Bear so now you I don't was, want to wear it ever now, again now now I'm like propagating hurt <laughs> by wearing people think that I might eat my children if I were get hungry okay so every person out there that has bought the cute family shirts for the family photo now well, you gotta uh, take clearly now. you gotta you know send you back the Papa Bear one. this is gri this is grizzly bears okay so I there may be okay, other bear go. types that are more uh thank you evan for present in the lives of their cubs uh, however on that note we should send everybody on their way yep that's it so <laughs> we'll I'm see just, you next for one i'm just gonna sit in this until the next episode when i can talk more freely about my my grizzly bear papa bear <laughs> that's perfect well thanks for listening everybody and uh, thanks for all the reviews and comments we've really been enjoying recording in this new year so we appreciate you taking the time to listen and chat with us about it we'll see you next episode thanks justin who produced this episode and does all the music we love you justin bye-bye